Welcome, everybody, to your 7 Square podcast, where we interview the most successful CEOs and bring you only the practical and applicable steps into growing and scaling your business. Today, I have with me, I would consider a great friend, but also a mentor in the business, Mr. Brian Arzani. Brian, how's it going today? Tyrus, man, it is so good to hear your voice and see your face. I am great. Oh, I love it. I love it. And so, Brian, for the people who don't know you, can you give me an introduction and give us an introduction of who you are and what you do? You know, I, I struggle to always talk about myself because I, I jokingly self-deprecate from the stage. One time I got done, this, this guy came up to me, he goes, hey, you need to be nicer to yourself. And I said, dude, I'm trying because sometimes you carry a little bit too much out there and then you got to lower it down. But I, honestly, I'm the I'm the grandson of a pig farmer who never let a door go by that I didn't open up. Um, you know, when, before I got married, I had five jobs to put that one carat diamond on my wife's finger. And I have never, ever, ever been mistaken for not wanting to be the hardest working guy in the room, not the smartest. Um, so for the last uh, 21 years, man, I've been in the talent development, um, assessment, succession planning world, learning everything I ever could do. I never thought I would ever do this work either. Tyrus, you know, I mean, it's like, I, I, I was just the marketing guy and we sold a huge deal to a large company that said, we want Brian to be our consultant. And that threw me into this business. And to this day, I still, I'm still humbled and honored and blessed and beyond grateful. And I pray that I can have two more days to do what I love. And I've figured out how to get, how to get paid to do it. But uh, we started the results group 16 years ago, um, a talent assessment development, bridging the gap between talent and performance and execution. Um, we now have the right system instruments in North America that Intermetrics provides. I'm the president of Intermetrics North America. Um, we certify, train, and support consultants all over the world, um, but principally in North America. And then we have our own clients here in Iowa that uh, we get a chance to do the work because I don't like just talking about the work. I love to do the work. I'm the dad of, of four kids. I got a daughter that's 27, a son that's 20, almost 25, a son that's 23, and a son that's 21. Um, and a wife that has just got enough patience to put up with a goofball solopreneur that never does the same thing two days in a row. Um, so yeah, man, I just, and I love you, you, you've got the passion, the fire, the desire to do things that nobody else is willing to do. And just being around you feeds me. So I'm going to shut up and give it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And Brian, you know, that's what drew me to you more so than anybody else, because you don't just talk about the theory. You talk about the practicality of it. How do you do it? It's people love to tell somebody, well, you should do this. You should think about this. Here's a couple of ways you can do it. But then you actually deep dive down into how do you do it? How do you take those next steps? And the name of your company, the results group just speaks to that. And so Brian, what we like to do here is ask just a question and then get a response that tells people how you did it. So the question for you, Brian, is in your business over the 21 years, what is something, what is a major obstacle that you faced in business and how did you overcome it? Dude, you know, it's funny. I, most people that come on interviews like this get a lot of time to prep for the question. I love the fact that you literally just blew the question at me. I got goosebumps, man. I'm like, I'm getting put on the spot. And I don't get put on the spot very often. Um, the biggest obstacle, you know, what's crazy is the biggest obstacle was my preconceived notions about what a true consulting business could and should be. And so I went out and I tried to follow the models of everybody else that was out there that did project-based work. And um, the biggest obstacle that I ever was blessed to be able to go into, and 
you know, I remember writing and journaling in 2006, 2007 saying, you know, man, how do I get out of this peak and valley of having, a, you know, a big client, you know, six figure deal, but I don't want them. I wanted to have the deals that would give me the ability to serve them over long periods of time because change is not an event, it's a process, but consulting practices bill and charge based on the project. And so right. they say sell change, but they don't. And so for, for us, um, it was, it was tearing down and, and literally viscerally ripping that out to say, what should it be and what's the right thing to do? And so we went back out and went, went with the subscription model and said, look, let's, let's get clients to, to assign, you know, one year, two year, three year retainer relationships to truly bring change. And that meant we had to grow up. We had to re-envision what it meant to serve and to, to stop thinking of, of doing what we do in terms of dollars per hour or hours. I mean, here's the thing. Who invented time, right? I mean, mm -hmm. 365 days, what is that, right? And the days of the wet, why don't we have 30 days in a week? And, and I mean, why, so you, well, we, we went to this place of like this open void and said, what could it be if, if we didn't have any parameters? But when you say that, you still got the parameters because that's how the human mind works. Right. So we went to them, we, we got out of our way and gave up the big, big contracts and went to more of a, a retainer model so that we had, we went from having great, you know, cash in the bank to not as much for a period of time. So we kind of had to juggle those two where we kept the, the oxygen to feed the business while we were ramping up this other model that we believed in, but we're hoping, right? I mean, we didn't borrow a dime to start this place. Uh, we bootstrapped everything we've ever done. We, we funded it through our, our existing clients and business. And I didn't come from money. My dad was in, in the Navy and worked at Firestone, was a paramedic and my mom cut hair. So I didn't come from money. I never, I mean, I never knew what it was like to be a, I never had a model. Nobody told me how to be an entrepreneur. Nobody told me how to own a company. Um, and so the biggest obstacle was myself. And I know that sounds cliche, but myself was meaning what I believed the business could be. Mm -hmm. And and we really had to go back and say, well, what would the market want? Because the market is what's buying, but the market didn't know what questions to ask because it was following a model that was created by consultants that didn't have a model to follow to begin with. And every consultant complains about the same thing, man, feast and famine, feast and famine. We got a big deal. We work on killing the deal, closing the deal, working the deal. And then we go hungry for six months, 12 months, trying to find a new client. And so I dreamed and we dreamed, you know, 10 sizes too big. Cause I started saying, man, what if I had a thousand clients that would give me a hundred dollars a month? Like, Ooh, yeah. And then I started saying, what if I had a hundred clients give me a thousand bucks a month? Right. Oh, but then how do I, so yeah. That was the biggest obstacle. I mean, we already had subscribed to the model of saying, I'm going to only do the things I'm naturally built to do and earn the right to pay people to do the things I suck at, which is our genius process. Um, and we teach live, live, eat, breathe, sleep that. And the only reason we teach live, eat, breathe, sleep is because that's what we do. I mean, it, it just makes sense. So, yeah, that was the biggest thing was was reinventing, rethinking about the market. And we literally created a space. So when people ask us who our competitors are, I don't have a competitor. I really don't. I'm not saying that an ego because at the end of the day, they buy us. And what do they buy from us? They buy what they genuinely need and want. And sometimes it's just having the right individual on the other side of the table to walk that client through. What do they really want? Not based on their paradigm, but based on the true objective needs of the talent, the business and that. And that takes a lot of maturity and it takes a lot of confidence and belief 
because there's sometimes I'm going to be sitting across from somebody and what they need and want right now isn't what I have. And maybe they'll be ready in a year. And man, I tell you what, that's a gut moment when you look at them and say, you know, you're about a year away from really, truly needing to engage with me. Can I recommend somebody else? And they'll come in and they'll get some foundational things taken care of. And then I'm going to come back. Um, and that's been a lot of time. So yeah, man, I mean, and, and yeah, having a, having a great spouse who stuck with us through, through, with me through the, through the thin, man, we had four kids. Life was brutal, man. You go to a pawn shop and buy Christmas presents because you have to, not because you yeah. want to, man, I tell you what, and then you're sitting across from a client and you're talking business and then you look at them and say, it's not the right time. But I, here's what I know. You do right. You do right for the people, for the right reasons. And you have that grit, grind, and grunt. Um, it'll all come around. But, man, there's times where I felt hopeless. I'm not going to lie. Dude. There were some times I remember sitting in the hallway, kind of almost in the sitting fetal position, with my hands around my knees going, Lord, is this really what I'm supposed to do, right? I'm not, I'm not saying that just because I'm on this interview, dude. I mean, there's those moments, you know, and it's uh yeah so we just had to rethink get out of our own way tyrus i love that and that's what a lot of people mistake when they get into business because you hear success leaves clues follow yeah. the, the blueprint the model but a lot of individuals follow broken models or models that don't work for them and they try to fit themselves into that specific model that may not be the one so i love the way you figured out hey charging by the project doesn't work for me let me go back let me reinvent let me think about it and then another piece that i don't want people to slide right by is passing up on opportunity that could have been opportunity for you but that wasn't the right time for them and so that takes a lot of guts especially Ooh. if you're looking at a bank account that's a little low and you're like well i can close this deal i can move forward but then you realize that hey this doesn't work for them and i think for a lot of coaches and consultants specifically that goes back to staying in your lane. If you say yes. you do a certain thing, don't just take business in another area just because it's business. So that's really good, Brian. And to that, I want a bonus question from you. Usually we cut it off right here, right now, but <laughs> since I got you, I want to hold you. Bonus question. A lot of times as coaches, consultants, and even in other businesses, when you sitting across from a decision maker and you're selling them on what you're bringing, what you offer, a lot of times they bring back that question, well, why you? How do you know you can fit or solve my problem? How do you know that you're the right fit for our organization? Can you really do this for us? And I know we've talked about this before. What guarantees can you give me that you can make it work? How do you address that, Brian? You know, here's, I'll tell you this right now. I used to jump on the stove and dance like a chicken. That's what, that's, that's my analogy, right? I'm like, woo, and I, I do all that stuff. And what I, what I realized really quick was the truth is the truth, right? And so, and I love this question because it's got me going in like 10,000 different directions that I want to talk about. But when I've had, I actually had a company one time said they, they'd met with two other consulting practices and then they met with us and they had one more to meet with after us. And one was a Stephen Covey deal. One was a Dale Carnegie. One was an action coach. And we were the third. And they said, why you? And I said, well, before you want me to tell you why me, I, you need to understand how do you guys decide who gets to this table? How do you decide who you're going to meet with to consider if they can solve your problem? And they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, how did I get here? And then they go, 
well, we called you references. We vetted. We did this, and somebody recommended you. And I said, well, what did they say when they recommended me? And they said, well, Brian, I said, so what, what would I say that would be any better than that? And then they're like, well, and then, but here's what I tell them. Here's what I tell them. I say, you know what? I don't really know if I'm the right person for you. I don't. Because here's what we got. We can't go like from just talking to full-blown married. We got a date, right? We got to kind of maybe see how the other person is. And so I don't know if I'm going to like you. Because if I'm not passionate about you and what you do, and I don't believe in your present, if your president is weak and they think that it's only, it's for thee, not me, I'm out. I am out. I don't give a crap. I don't give a crap. How much money you got? If your senior executives aren't all in, I'm out. So let me ask you, are you in? Because if you're in and you're going to be a part of this, then we might actually go from just considering to dating. Okay. But again, you're not going to know up front and, and you're not going to know. And maybe you'll let's, let's do something small. Let's get some relationship thing going and let me do something. And if you don't say, wow, then I'm the wrong guy. Um, but what I'll tell you right now is we will have enough dialogue to find an objective way to diagnose the subjectivity of what's going on and help explore what, why, and how. And then we'll determine if I'm the right execution relationship for you. Because I got clients that use this, use that, beep, but at the end of the day, it's about results and it's about partnering. It's about trust. Because if you can't see yourself working with me in five years, six years, seven years, then I'm the wrong one. Now, how do I guarantee results? Here's what I'm going to tell you right now. I don't even know if your team can execute, mm. right? What if, what if y'all are performing and you don't even know why you're performing at the level you're performing and the market takes a change, it takes a dip, and then your numbers take a dip? Let me ask you this. Are you up from the last year? And they say, well, yeah, I'm up. What, do you, what are you up? They say, I'm 17% up. I'm like, okay, what's your industry? Where's it at? Is it up this year or is it down? Oh, it's up. How much? 20%. So you're down 3%. You think you're up. You're not up. You're down three. Come on, right? I mean, I sit back and go, dude, If it, what if your team isn't strong enough to execute on the stuff I tell them? So I actually say, you know, we got a diagnostic process to figure out the capacity and horsepower y'all got. Because if you're doing 75 miles an hour and you got a three-cylinder, 30-horse motor, you're at capacity. Mm-hmm. Now, at the end of the day, here's what I'll tell you right now. Ain't one client on the plant that's going to give you credit as a consultant for the work you're going to do. Not one, Okay. I bought that Kool-Aid, I drank it, and I got screwed over big time several times because I'm like, dude, they're going to love me and they're going to give me credit. They will blame it on the economy. They'll blame it on an account. They'll blame it on a market. They'll blame it on like serendipitous star fell from the sky and gave them a $500,000 deal. I don't care what it is. So I check my ego at the door and say, you know what? Here's what's going to happen. I hope you don't give me credit for the success you got. I hope you give it to your people because if it's about me, then you know what? You're, You're picking the wrong partner. You got to look at your team and go, how do I make sure I create sustainability deep into the roots of my foundation and my organization? And can you build sustainability in my people, make them faster, bigger, stronger? Can you do that for me, Arzani? I can do that. Or I can tell you this person's maxed out. And then through them, we will get results. That's where it's at. If you don't, if you need me to be the rah-rah, kumbaya, trust fall guy, you're looking for the wrong partner. Go hire Carnegie or action coach, something like that. No offense, but here's what the deal is. I've been around long enough to know you give me two, three, four years, and I'm going to build something cool that will be there for a long time, and you'll have a brick wall that's going to live for centuries to come. If you need immediate fast change, then you know what? I ain't your guy. I don't, I don't, I don't make decisions off of quarters. I don't, I don't sell off part of a portfolio so I can generate a profit. 
I will create sustainability so that, you know, two, three, four, five years to come, maybe my name ain't no part of your organization no more, but you got three leaders who were emerging at the time nobody knew, and maybe they've made it. And you had preconceived paradigms because of something that you looked at them and thought, nah, they'll never make it, maybe because of education or background or how you perceive them. And I helped ignite and create the unraveling of a diamond that could literally focus the static electricity into an energy that could cut through your market and make a difference. That's what I do. So you know what? I don't know if it's me. I don't know. I don't know if you're strong enough to handle it. And I don't know if I'm going to love what you do. Um, and I know I'm being a little bit theatrical on stage, but at the end of the day, that's my heart. That's my attitude. Now, I'm not going to lie. 20 years ago, I'd lick the pavement to get a deal. Okay. <laughs> 10 years ago, I was still like, mm, right. But deep down, you got to kind of evolve and move into it. So I hope I, I hope I answered your question. I hope the folks who are listening to this can, you know, maybe take one nugget from that, Tyrus. But man, you that way, you are that way, man. So I love talking to you. Oh yeah, absolutely. You dropped a lot of nuggets in there. And what I want people to take away is you don't let them put it all on you. You put the work back on them because at the end of the day, like you told me before, the thing about cleaning out a closet or something, you pass by that closet every day, but if you shine a flashlight in it, you see something different. So yeah. as a consultant, you're just bringing in that light to those blind spots, but it's still up to them to do the work and they can't just lay it on you as well. It didn't work. It must've been Brian's fault. No, did, did your people have the right capacity? So understanding the capacity of the team and what you do with the assessments and the instruments is to bring that clarity around the subjectivity that they have so you can create an objectivity or objective viewpoint. So you definitely answered that question. I want all consultants, coaches, anybody that's serving somebody else to take that note. You have to look at the objective view and not the subjective. And how do you do that? Use some type of sort of instrument Anometrics is great for them. I utilize them. And so that is where we're going to leave you guys. Brian, thank you for coming on today. I know you're a busy man. Very, very high level. Very important. My mentor, I just appreciate everything you do and the value that you add. Any last words for the people? Nah, Tyrus. I just, I appreciate the opportunity to get surprised and, and be put, a, you know, get me, get some adrenaline going, man. I like it. I just, I pray for your business. I pray for all those that are watching this, man. It, it's a grind. And you know what? There, there's 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 fewer and fewer people like the people that are watching this right now and like you on the planet today um, because we're, we're kind of like um, divergence right now, right? We're, we're stepping out saying, dude, there's light and there's opportunity and there's hope. And so whether you're getting paid for it or not, be that light, be that hope right now and, and just bring love and understanding to those around you. And uh, that's what we do because, you know, if you're attractive, you will attract attractive opportunities. And so that's kind of what we got to be able to do right now while still having that fire in the belly and the grit grind and grunt to just be out there doing it. Cause it's hard. It's hard freaking business, man. I don't care if I'm rolling today, tomorrow I could be grinding and ready to lick the pavement again, but you know, that's, that, that's just perspective. So thank you so much, Tyrus. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. That is all. We held you a little bit over the 15 minute mark, but yeah, we sorry, man. some great, great content to go and consume and to utilize it, apply it and go get results. So thank you again for tuning in and we'll see you next time.